Welcome to Mindset, a guide to getting out of your own way and a blueprint for professional success. Today, neuroscientist Shelley Laslett is here for a common conundrum, career confusion. What happens when you don't really love what you've always done the way you used to, but you're not sure what your next step looks like? When do you stick with what you know? When do you cut and run? And do we put too much pressure on our career to fill up our cup? I feel that all the time. I guess you feel stuck and paralyzed all at the yeah all at the same time definitely experienced periods in my career where I was really unsure what my next move would be I felt like it was a really confusing time and quite frustrating you know if, if you want change but you might not know what that change looks like Shelley, they say that if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life, but I'd say any small business owner would probably disagree with that. But that also feels like a lot of pressure to find that kind of passion in your career. Does everyone have a big passion? Yes, everybody has a passion, but the question is whether or not they make that passion align to their profession. And you don't have to. Right. I think you can have a very fulfilled career and it necessarily not be something that you're wildly passionate about. I think in our society, we tie our identity to what we do versus who we are. They're not necessarily synonymous. They're not necessarily the same thing. You can do a job, do it well, and it not be your identity. Now, look, you have to care about it in some way, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be the North Star of your life. Your passion can be your family, it can be your hobby, it can be that this job is the thing that allows you to pursue your passions that sit outside of the job itself. And that's okay. Um, I, I personally felt I was read in that when you were saying to start, ask anyone who starts their own business about working, you know, they never work a day in their life. That, that That's us. That's me to a degree as well. Like, And so I would say to this with a warning, be careful about turning your passions into your job because your passions are often something that you do as a hobby, something you do in your free time. It's not something that you're often wedded to the outcome or wedded to there being performance with, with it. And so if you turn your passions into a career, all the things that you like about your passions quickly become away because it's now synonymous with work and it's now associated with work. So finding your passion is not necessarily about finding the thing that makes you want to jump out of bed in the morning and have this beautiful cinematic experience where there's birdsong and you can't wait to get to the office. Like that almost doesn't sort of exist. We all have hard days in the workplace, even when we're doing things we really care about. What's important with your job is just about finding something that you're curious enough and interested enough that will hold your attention, that will sustain uh, your t- attention. It's something that will allow you to persevere in the pursuit of your curiosity. What do I mean by that? Something that is interesting enough that it will keep you engaged for a period of time. Now, I want to be really clear here that that will change. In fact, it's projected by Deloitte that you have 12 to 15 careers, not jobs, careers throughout your lifetime because of the pace and the way that industry change and the way that the future of work evolves. So we, again, we're certainty hungry beings. We want to say, okay, I'm now this and this is what I'm going to do. So I would encourage everybody on this on this program to think about this is what I'm going to do next. The question is, this is not what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do next. And personally, I've had a lot of this is what I'm going to do next. I've had a lot of turns. I've had a lot of different titles. I've played in lots of different areas. And I used to really think that was a detriment to my career. You know, people say you t- you've changed too many times. You're too switchy. You didn't spend much time here. But in reality, that gave me a really really broad and good sense of general management. And that has really served me throughout my career. 
But at the time, I was quite concerned that I jumped around a bit. I changed. I'd, I'd chosen different things. So if that sort of feels a little bit like you, please don't be concerned. Like there's a lot of skills that you have from those experiences. And sometimes finding the right things means choosing the wrong things. And I have definitely chosen a few wrong things in terms of my career or wrong jobs and had to learn the hard way from it. But at the same time, it's taught me a lot of things. So when finding our passion, just think about what am I curious about? What what do I feel slightly excited about? And that can simply be, I'm excited about this salary. The people are nice enough. It's going to help me achieve the financial goals to support my family. It's not super stressful. It's close to my home. That can be enough. You know, it, it doesn't have to be this overarching like light bulb moment where suddenly all of my passions are fulfilled by this one job title. In fact, it's it's not realistic to think about it this way. It's about to think what is the thing that is cu- going to keep me curious and engaged enough that it's going to support what my world and my life needs and all the other hats that I wear for all the other places that I'm in and the arenas that I'm in, the people that I need to connect with outside of the workplace. What is going to tick that box? Because... That, again, is going back to chunking down that big goal and doing it in a practical way, just thinking about not what am I going to do, what am I going to do next? I love that. It's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like, I'm passionate about paying my mortgage. Completely. And I'm not saying that to, like, to make it sound really base or that, like, you know, we're all just money hungry. But if that's what you need, that's what you need. You know, if you need a non-stressful job that you know how to do and maybe is something you've done before, but you want to get back into that type of role because it's going to build your confidence to then move to the next thing, do that. Just make sure you're getting paid adequately for your expertise. That's the only caveat I put to that. You don't have to start at the entry level if you've got 15 years experience and you've taken some time to do and be the CEO of the household. Okay, so how does that kind of basic safety, you know, financial, flexibility, those things, how do they factor into personal fulfillment in a job? So quite simply, it's being at peace. It's being content. You know, it's being happy with where you are at that moment. And it's that contentment in the moment that's really important. There's a really interesting doctrine uh, written by a lady called Angela Duckworth, and it's called GRIT, G-R-I-T. And her doctrine, she's a psychologist by training, but she was also a teacher. She spent a lot of time as a maths teacher. She's quite maths whiz. And her doctrine, which governed her PhD, was this idea that success is actually not attributed to talent or capability. It's attributed to two factors, one being passion and the other perseverance. And success is the ability to find something we are passionate and curious enough about and to have the mental stamina, but also the commitment to persevere until we lead to a point of success. So what I would be saying is that that penultimate kind of drive is find something you're curious enough about that even when things get difficult and a little bit boring, you're still happy to persevere with it because you're curious enough about it. Now, not every job is going to be like that, right? So the one thing that this is something, this is a practice I'd done personally because I was curious in so many things. I just looked for themes. What was the one thing I kept being drawn to in some form of another? What was the one thing that I couldn't put down? And when I got to do that type of work or in that type of area, I felt I felt happier. Now, that doesn't mean that I only got to do that type of work, but it meant that the job had enough of a flavor of that style or that theme or that area that it could balance all the other parts maybe I didn't like about the job. 
And so I want to be really clear with the passion bit as well. The passion can be, I want to be a really present parent and I want to do these things for my children. So I'm going to pick the role that I'm interested in in the workplace with the people that I enjoy that gives you the most flexibility to pursue the thing that I'm actually passionate about and that's my children. That is as important as climbing the career ladder if that's your passion. And it should not take any judgment or from an external source saying whether or not there is more or less value for that. Yeah, absolutely. And as women, we're often told that it's not okay to be selfish and that it's a dirty word, but it is okay to be selfish, right? Yeah. So I think there's obviously an overarching societal construct that's that ties into this is people who are female or people that identify as a woman, that this idea that desire and want is dirty. You know, like even if you look at some of the the main religious texts that govern our Australian society, there is an idea that desire and want of a woman is sinful. And so whether we like it or not, that's kind of tied into our thinking. I think there's also this idea of martyrdom, you know, within a family. And generally that comes down to the person, to, to the mother in heterosexual relationships, but the person who's playing that feminine role or the person who is the primary caregiver. I want to be really clear with people here that you can be a saviour without needing to martyr yourself for the cause. You can still play your role and support your family. The one thing I would be really clear on, and I, I know it's difficult, remember, like I'm there, I'm in the trenches with you. For your children, what do you want to model? Because they are watching us. And particularly if you have daughters, what would you want your daughter to do? Would you want her to hold all the pressure and crumble underneath to save everybody else. And remember, we have a hero story there. We celebrate that in society a lot of time. I think the most important thing to understand here is that your family unit will not function if you cannot function. So being selfish is actually the healthiest decision you can take in that moment. Selfish isn't, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want without you know any fear of repercussions for my family and other people around me that I care about. It's what do I need to turn up as the best partner, as the best parent, and as the best person I want to be in my community, and that includes my workplace. So selfish is that. What do I need to do and be those versions of myself? Now, that is not to be perfect in those versions, as we talked about in perfectionism. It is just to be the version of myself that I'm most comfortable with. And often we try to have that conversation and then comes in the dialogue, but what will this person think? And what about that? And what am I? Whenever the what ifs come in, that's a different question. That's a worry about what other people will think. You have to ask that question of yourself independently. And so when I did that with myself, because I definitely went through some of that crisis, I think we all do, particularly for first-time parents, it was really quite easy to answer when I thought about it myself, but it became more complex when I worried about what everybody else would think. And I have to sort of go through that practice and I still have to go through it. I still have to catch myself. Again, when people talk about these sorts of things and I talk about it and I can speak on it with authority, Often people think I don't experience it and and that's actually inaccurate. A lot of this authority comes from my direct experiences with these very challenges. So it's about breaking it down and just going, what do I need to be the parent I want to be, to be the person I want to be, and to be in the workplace how I want to be that is going to work for me and my family? And I don't have to justify that to anyone. I just have to be at peace with it myself. In our next episode, Helen McCabe and Jamila Rizvi canvass their own career confusion and share practical wisdom on finding your passion. It's about finding what you're passionate about. So I think the first thing is um, being a bit reflective, right? Watching how you 
experience different things. So start with your body language. How does your body behave when you're doing your current work? for example. Um, Do you get tense? Does it ache all the time? Do you get panic attacks? Do you get bored and do you feel sleepy when you're at work? Um, Do you look at the clock all of the time? Are you constantly checking your phone? Are there signs that your heart rate might not be where it should be? I think our bodies betray how we feel about something. Mindset is created by FW Jobs Academy with support from the Australian Government's Office for Women. FW champions gender equality in Australian workplaces through professional development, advocacy and community. If you'd like to know more, go to futurewomen.com or find out how to register for our Jobs Academy at jobsacademy.futurewomen.com.